0: Sarah and Laura from Clear Eyes Full Shelves. Hi! We're back again with the podcast, and this time we are going to kick off Novels in Verse Week. Yay! Because as you know, we love Novels in Verse, and we are hoping to sort of spread the
1: the joy of yes. verse
0: novels to everyone else, because really...
1: Because they're the best thing ever. They are the best
0: thing ever. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Not the new di- dictionary definition of literally, but the real one. The actual, literal <laughs> definition of literally. <laughs> we are such dorks. <laughs> so, anyway, we started this last year, and it got, like, kind of more attention than I thought it would. Oh, did it? Been, I didn't even know that. Yeah, we had not been a vlog all that long, just a few months when we started Novels and Verse Week. And, um, you know, it's the reason that we like, verse novels so much, it's kind of hard to articulate in a lot of ways. Um, Yeah, I had to
1: look over my post from last year a little bit to kind of... it's not poetry posts. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Uh, But it's not... I mean, I just know that I really like them, but it is something that's hard to articulate. Like, it's like, for me, it's asking, like, oh, Laura, why do you love music? And I'm like, uh... I don't know, it's cool and stuff, you know. So it's kind of similar <laughs> to that, where it's like you know you really like something, but it's really hard to articulate why you do. And that's what novels and verse are like for me when somebody asks me that question.
0: Yeah, so we're going to try to articulate
1: some of those things today.
0: And, and you know, it's funny because I was thinking about that same question last night because I put it on our ha- fancy schmancy outline, like uh-huh. why do we love novels and verse. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> um... <laughs> But, um, I was thinking, but then I'm reading, right now I'm reading The Language Inside by Holly Thompson. Oh, yeah. And I was reading it, and it sort of struck me about 100 pages in that the way this verse novel is structured is really different. Like, just even little things like the punctuation and the way the free verse is formatted and the way the chapters are formatted are really different than what, um you know, I, I've seen in other verse novels. And it's... I think there's a really cool freedom really for authors. Really cool. Yeah, that. there is. And I was saying, you know, there really are so... I mean, there's... You know, with writing, you can kind of go in whatever direction you want. But with free verse, in particular, it can go from very, very structured, like um, Ron Korky, who's written mm-hmm. several really... Um, wonderful novels and verse. His verse novels are very structured. They're almost like novels and poems. Yes. And then this one was really... I mean, there's minimal punctuation, and there's a lot with the way the verses are broken up from page to page that tells you a lot about the story. Um, and, like, I don't have a preference for one or the other. Yeah. But it's really interesting how authors can use the form of their writing to convey part of the story.
1: Yeah, and I think it really goes along with how -hmm. their characters are feeling. Like, if you have, like, a short burst of intense emotion, you could just have this short, really intense poem. And you have the freedom to do that in a novel in verse that I think is not necessarily available in a traditional
0: uh, prose novel. Yeah, and I mean, you see that in prose sometimes where people get Mm -hmm. a little bit experimental with that kind of thing, but not to the extent that you can... um, With novels and verses, like, there's a scene in Lisa Schroeder's um, The Day Before where the character throws glitter. And it sounds like a little, like, it's like a little moment. Mm -hmm. But the way the word glitter is spaced out on the page is, like, tells you this, like, this is, like, this very sort of joyous just moment. Yeah. And then it's sort of over. And it's just, it does that, just with that word, it tells you so much about what's going on with that character. And that you don't you can't do that with prose. So there's yeah. a lot of very interesting things to kind of linger over. Yeah. And
1: I really like how a novels and verse, like I mentioned this in my post last year about how a lot about novels and verse is about the space in between yeah. the words. It's not just about the words themselves, which obviously are important, but um it's about how things are Formatted on the page. yeah. And I think Lisa Schroeder, we love you Lisa, uh, in <laughs> we particular. Do. We, love, we
0: know Lisa! <laughs> We have eaten noodles and pie. Not she baked at the same me time cookies for my
1: birthday. Like, she magically knew what my favorite kind of cookie was, and she baked me cookies for my birthday and bought them to me. So, and yeah, we, we do have
0: a, a, soft, a soft spot. spot. But Lisa. I
1: really loved her books before I ever, ever met her. Um, the first book that I read from her, which is still my favorite novel in verse, is Far From You. Um, and it's about this girl who is dealing with the fact that her mom passed away of cancer and now her dad is remarried and his new wife is about to have a baby um and she hasn't really accepted this new part of her life yet and it's deals a lot with like her emotions and I feel like Lisa Schroeder really excels at utilizing the space of the page yes to express emotion so it's not just that you see the word falling but the word falling actually descends down the page so that you like as a reader
0: you're descending with that yeah she it's like she's play. she plays some little tricks with your mind so you almost physically feel yeah what the character is
1: feeling and I think that it's very sneaky
0: novelist she is the best at that yes she's very very good at being sneaky with it like, <laughs> totally so like maniacal no, like and she's like <laughs> totally
1: not that person she's like the nicest sweetest person ever and you're just but, like <laughs> <laughs> just to even picture like her like that it's no. so hilarious because so really ridiculous. she would never do that
0: <laughs> but it's just you know it's it is, it, it's an interesting, like, little psychological trick that it's, it's fascinating. That's why that thing with the yeah. glitter sticks in my head. Right. Because it's just, like, you can feel this glitter kind of falling down on you along with the character, and it just, it's... Kind of striking, and actually, whenever I see the word glitter, which it happens more in my life than you'd think, especially since on Twitter the throw glitter thing seems to have
1: taken over from
0: throwing confetti. Yes. So yes. Hi, Gl- Katiza. <laughs> 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 the glitter thing. Whenever I see the word glitter, I think I actually have a picture of that page in my brain. Yeah, and that's what pops. Up. So I mean, it's it's interesting how that physical um, structure does that? it's like the um i, I think heard, it goes more in line with how actually
1: people feel things and think things yeah. too so i think that's also a reason why i really like them and why they're just really good books for people to try out because
0: it, they it, can really it match pushes your, your brain in a different your, direction in yeah a read, like the experience of reading it's another verse novel i really love which is um Love and Leftovers by Sarah mm-hmm. Triggaard. Yeah, and that's the first one I ever read, and I really, really love it's it. It's one I recommend a lot to people who've yes. never read verse novels. Yes. Because I think it's very friendly to newbies. Um, but she has, towards the end of that book, there's a call and response poem, which is a, and it's actually a poetic form, this call mm-hmm. and response. is actually also, like, structured, like, songs that are call and response songs. Right. And the way, just the physical structure of that particular chapter is so interesting because it's you can sort of feel the back and forth. And it's you know, you get that with dialogue, obviously, because you know, that's yeah like what dialogue is but the way it's structured is, it's,
1: on the page where your eye has to move back yeah, and back. Yeah, it's this sort of rapid fire it, and you back can and forth, feel intense it in your conversation. Body,
0: you know? Yeah, because your eyes are having to move yeah. back and forth. It's really interesting. I love that. And I I think, you know, a lot of people are afraid of verse novels. And I think they're actually honestly, like, friendlier than traditional prose in a lot of in ways. In some
1: ways, I think they are, uh, they're honestly, they're not as long.
0: Like, I know. Even. I love that you can <laughs> sit down and read a verse novel from beginning to end, yeah. and then, like, go eat dinner. Yeah, but I feel like you
1: still you in no way have lost anything mm-hmm. that you're looking for in a normal prose novel. It's got plot, it's got character development, settings you know, got all of those things in it and just this different form. Um, so I think people should try them because they're awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying that so that people will read them. Like if there's anybody out there who actually listens. what I have
0: to say and I think there are actually a lot of people who listen to what you have to say. So I don't need to be pushy about it? No, you can be totally pushy. I think that's important. Um yeah, I you know, and I've had I've heard a number of people say who know more about this stuff than I do that also in terms of for young people and in general, frankly people who aren't really enthused about reading or have had um reading difficulties or challenges that verse novels can actually be much more accessible yeah. to I them because the, because the visual structure is engaging as well. Mm-hmm. And um, it's easy, you know, those of us who are really enthusiastic readers, forget this, but it's really easy to kind of get lost in sort of the, the jumble of words on a page. And so there's something to be said for that as well. If yeah, you know of people who are, especially young people who are reluctant readers, it can be... An interesting option to present to them because yeah. they can um, they can engage with the words in a different way. Yeah, and, and
1: I think that with some books, a lot of people like you and me who are really super enthusiastic readers, where a lot of times we the first chapter of a book might be a little slower than we like. We're just like, eh. but you know, we'll usually get yeah, it it's like, a oh, few we'll chat. stick, with, you, it. We'll stick yeah. with it, and then all of a sudden, we're super into this book. And it's really awesome and amazing. But some people who are reluctant readers are just like, eh, this book." boring.
0: Yeah, it's starts, like, oh, this oh, isn't engaging. Is boring. Grade. I don't this like is... it.
1: But because of a novel in verse has just, like, this limited...
0: You can't waste words. Yeah,
1: you cannot do that. Every word is so important that, you know, the intensity is right there, right from the beginning. And I really think it's a good way to draw readers in immediately. Mm-hmm.
0: So... Yeah, no, it's... I... I, I'm just, it's, my mom taught school for a long time, and she's been substituting, and she, the class she's been substituting, in. there's a couple of girls who are obsessed with verse novels. Like, that is what I love what that they, so much. I love that, and that's what they want to read as verse novels, because we'll you can just get, them like, more of them. absorbed into, um, into these stories, I and mean, I think that's really interesting that that form, just like, especially for teens, I mean, because teenagers mm-hmm. are... Kind of strange. (laughs) Oh, my God, what? (laughs) And the fact that they can just immediately get so sucked into a story because of that structure of the way the story is The
1: structure and the the way the intensity of the feelings and the thought jumps off the page is something that I think teenagers can relate to so well. Because that's just the way their emotions are at that point Mm -hmm. in their lives. So I think that for that reason also they're really good books for like teenagers and reluctant readers. Mhm.
0: I agree. So, what would be, you know, a lot of the times with the first novels, I think because they can be very um, emotionally intense because of the way they're designed. Um, a lot of times they tend to be the really issue-heavy books. Like Yeah, you me, know, I actually and,
1: haven't read that
0: many of those. Yeah, I mean, I tend to avoid issue books in general. <laughs> If I know it makes me a horrible person. I apologize to you know the the thing. I just I'm a grown up, yeah. But I think that issue books are important, but I think they're particularly important because novels and verse are much more popular in YA than they are in adult. Um, they're also pretty popular in middle grade as well, yes, yes. Um, but they are they're more focused towards a younger um, demographic when they're adult novels, they tend to be a lot more. Uh, densely literary sort of more as like an art form. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Um, I am
1: trying to read one that is like that right now, and it's
0: been kind of slow
1: for me. Which one is that? It's called the Autobiography of Red. Oh, I've heard of that one. I think the author's name is Anne Carson. Yeah, that she's is quite, quite the a famous poet. Um, I read this really interesting article about her, and I guess the way they communicated with her for this article, her emails were just crazy in some ways I <laughs> just feel like this, this crazy burst yeah. of information like because she doesn't like to be interviewed i get the feeling that she's quite private and she doesn't she try i think maybe mm-hmm. and she doesn't really want to talk to people necessarily that's hard like, when you're so. trying to
0: publicize a book
1: yeah but i think she's quite a famous poet but this book is a retelling of an old Greek story. I, I can't remember what it's called, but uh, Hercules is makes an appearance mm-hmm. in it. But it's kind of like a modern day retelling of it, and it is very literary intense. This is m- a lot of. This is a more poetry heavy.
0: Yeah, and that's it's, this what I found is that the adult novels in verse tend to be much more like actually dense novels and poems. Yes. And that's wonderful. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. Cool. But um, and I think
1: it's great that novels and verse can run yeah. that big spectrum between of highly literary and n- not. Yeah. You know?
0: But the I think where you really see novels and verse shine in their diversity is definitely in the middle grade and the YA. Yes, I agree with you. Um, novels, because there is, you know, there's not. It's not like there's you know shelves sort of like straining at the bulk of the number of novels and verse but there's i mean mm-hmm. there's a i mean if you you know if you like historical fiction you can find a novel a white novel in verse that will probably be you know yeah, what you're lot. interested in if you like yeah you know contemporary you know issue type books there's plenty out there if you yeah. like music there's a number of you know novels white novels and verse that fit that um you know there's there's a lot more diversity in the YA novels and verse than there are in the adult. I mean, by far. Yes. <laughs> by far. <laughs> I would actually, you if threatened. you are an adult and, you know, you are interested in novel and verse, I would steer you towards those for teens as opposed to those for adults as your first time. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure the first one I read was um, this one that came out in the 90s called Golden Gate.
1: Yeah, I'm interested and in reading that. It, but is, I haven't it read is it is
0: worth reading. It is a very, very beautiful book. It is not a very accessible book. <laughs> it's very I mean it, the, his it's Vikram Seth and he's an amazing writer. I mean his writing is I mean, I've read A Suitable Boy, which is like eleven hundred pages. It's like infinite jest size. Yeah. And but he's and he's a beautiful he's an exquisite writer. And you read his books because they're beautiful to read, because the words are amazing. Yeah. They are also a major commitment. I mean, seriously. They are, I mean, it's a... Some of books that are like that, so... Uh, yeah, and so I would not recommend, say, Golden Gate as a first... First time novel in verse. verse. No, in fact, I would <laughs> heavily urge you to maybe have a number of novels in verse under your belt before even considering... Attempting that one. That one. <laughs> it's beautiful. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. It's just... Like, I can't tell you what happened in that book. Like, I, I remember the, that it was quite something to read. Yeah. Um, but I can't tell you a thing about the plot. <laughs> so, <laughs> this was also a really long time ago. Um, <laughs> so, but there's a few, you know, I always, um, I, I have get quite a few, since we do this novels and verse thing, um, questions about people who want, from people who want to read novels and verse. There's a few I always rattle off. Um, as recommended for novel and verse first timers, that are pretty, I think, accessible. A lot of people love to recommend like Sonia Soane's books. She wrote um, one of those hideous books where the mother dies. I actually haven't read anything by her. I think hers are really wonderful. Um, they're frankly not my favorite. And Mm -hmm. it's just, and I, and I'm not. I think actually with hers, especially because she hasn't published a book in I think five or seven years. It's It's been been a a while. while. I think she has. She has one coming out. out in the fall. Um, but quite frankly, the way her books are formatted, the, like, actually the typesetting is very unattractive.
1: I, um, and I know that sounds
0: really, but it's, I actually find the experience of reading her books not as pleasant as I normally yeah, would. Yeah, I mean, if something looks unattractive. the yeah. way they are actually typeset and they haven't been updated. Yeah. Um,
1: and it, I mean, and in verse novels, that really And matters. it makes a
0: huge, for me, it makes a huge difference. Like, yeah. the typesetting should be very unobtrusive, unless there's a really specific reason. Yeah. And, um, they're just, they're not, they're not as well designed as, um, the more, I think, minimalistic approach that mm-hmm. some of the newer ones have taken. Um, and the poems have some strange breaks that are clearly not as were intended. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and but I do think that they are, you know, good options, but that's not, and I also generally, quite frankly, People love Ellen Hopkins, um, her verse novels, and I don't particularly care for them, and I guess I'm an outlier in that. Um, Partly, I think, because the subject matter generally doesn't resonate with me, because they tend to be very...
1: Right, um, but I do know that subject matter is extremely personal to her. I've read a couple of her blog posts um, because she has actually been heavily criticized in some ways for... She's very unflinching. Yes, uh, and writing about issues that parents don't want their kids to know about—the dark yeah, issues. Yeah, there's one
0: about there's one about prostitution. Right, there's... and
1: I know that. Uh, I think with Crank, that's someone about
0: addiction. And about addiction. And that is a very, very personal, personal for, her. for her.
1: This is something that has happened in her family, and uh, she feels that it is important for people to understand it. So I yeah. really, really respect that she yeah, has written Yeah, and those books are. If people. you're
0: interested in those types of subject, her her writing yes. is quite beautiful. Yes. Um. And but it's just it. For me personally, it's like, well, if it's, some, you know, if someone's getting into verse novels and maybe they are, might not find those heavier books appealing. Right. Um. But, and I personally don't, like, I,
1: honestly, I am not ever going to get addicted to crystal meth. It's just not going to happen <laughs> to me. Like, sorry, I like, I mean, I know everybody says when they're five years old or so that they're not going to be a drug <laughs> addict, but I'm 33, it's not going to happen.
0: So. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think
0: that I mean actually that's that I tend to not read about you know addiction and prostitution and those sorts of things. Right, and I have a hard time. Like I am aware of those issues in the world because right. I live in the world and I'm you know actually make an attempt to be aware of what's around me, um, but I don't. Um, I often find for my recreational reading that to not particularly. Resonate yeah, with I me mean, on, uh, it's not recreational to me to read about
1: those things, but I think they're really good books for teenagers. Yeah, I really do. I, know, I, so. I do as
0: well. Um, on the the ones I tend to rec- recommend to people are there's three, which is I mentioned "Love and Leftovers" by Sarah M. Mm-hmm. which is that, one of my favorites. I think that right s- at the top. The story in that is so well done. Yes, and um, you know it touches on. Um, it's a little bit lighter. I mean, I would say it's not a light or fluffy read. Really. No. And by any means. But it is a little bit lighter. Um, and I, she touches on issues with family and friendships and... Uh, divorce. Divorce. And... Just
1: relationships and how yeah sort of complicated things yeah like, and how you feel about people is complicated and I think this book really captures that it, really well. She
0: really does. It's I think it's the sense
1: of being out of place because she's been moved from her home to a new place and has to be the new kid. And she covers all of these things and just like. Packs it into it's a his very. Novel, I think so. it's one
0: of one of those books that actually is pretty universally relatable yes. because I think most people have gone through their t- those times in their lives when they felt like they're not part of anything, yes. and she really um, t- hits that from a number of angles in a way that is really it's it's rings very emotionally true.
1: Yeah, I, I really and, love that in her book. This group of kids that they are called the leftovers because they don't fit with the other cliques like the traditional ones the yeah. popular people the ch- jocks like yeah and it was actually the cheerleaders. Her, her, her friends
0: was something they that was something that really i love that because like that was sort of those were my friends yeah like, like, we weren't like cool and we weren't like you know, the sort of Dungeons and Dragons crowd. Yeah. We weren't, you know, in, like, the genre. Like, we were sort of this group of people who were... Yeah. I think no
1: matter what uh, clique you're in, though, there is something of a leftover in everybody.
0: Yes. So I really
1: think that everybody can relate to this feeling where you don't fully fit in.
0: And I think when you're, you know, as an adult who reads that, it's like, oh, yeah, we all go through that. Mm -hmm. But as for teens, you know, I think they also will see them. We'll see themselves yeah. in
1: that, especially since there's really strong stereotypes that go with click. I'm gesturing a lot while I'm doing this, no. so you could kind of see
0: it.
1: <laughs> uh, but we're not going to turn this for in, Sarah.
0: We're not going to turn this no, into a video we're first, because then not. I would have to like stress out about my outfit. And- <laughs> That would get. I would probably have to wear makeup. Yeah. Yeah. you are wearing makeup, I though. Am. I can see sparkly eyeshadow. Oh, that's right. Well, this is all Sarah's fault. Any it women, is. It is my fault. I've actually gotten more of the sparkly <laughs> eyeshadow. It's like <laughs> I'm rubbing my hands together in a like evil fashion. <laughs>
1: uh, so, but there are really strong stereotypes that go with clicks, but I don't think anybody in any click fully fits that stereotype. I right. think it's really rare for anybody to be like, "Yes, I totally meet the standard that everybody else thinks I meet." And so okay. I think I really love that Sarah Truguet put this in here mm-hmm. um, to make it feel like you're okay that you know, but you can still have friends and you know, but you. I don't really know how to describe. Yeah, no,
0: thing, she. But. I know when I read that book initially, I I put post its in my books to mark mm-hmm. things I think are interesting i think this whole and book is I, highlighted on my Kindle. i i filled <laughs> that book up with post-it notes i mean i think actually my post-it notes are still in that book and it's like they're just sticking out from every corner of that book because there's so many little moments that she hits in that story so mm-hmm. the story is so strong and then the writing because basically each chapter is one to two pages so yes. a few that are longer um so these extremely short chapters and lots of different types of verse because we have yes. free
1: verse. She really plays with a lot of different yeah. poetic structures. Yeah, hers is I much really less love. the sort of
0: free verse yeah. and more a little bit more structured, and it really and you can feel it as you're reading it when you go get towards the end and there's kind of this this climax. It's yeah. it doesn't have a dramatic climax. I wouldn't it's, say so. Yeah, it's, it's more as.
1: As but it is her
0: starting to, this girl's journey, that's yeah, kind of a where, turning point. Yeah, it's for a her. turning point. And the the forms that she uses in that book as it gets towards that point where I think she starts to realize like, Oh, things are changing Yeah really emphasize that moment. Yes. And it's, again, it's almost like a crescendo. Yeah. I guess. That's yeah, a, that climax, a really good way of putting it. A climax that. sounds like it's like a chase. Like there's like cars going yeah. really fast. Yeah, this is not that No, kind of it's book. not that sort of book at <laughs> all. It's not. I mean, the book takes place in like Idaho and New, New Hampshire. New Hampshire, that's it. It's like not a car chase sort of book, so. No. Um, but yeah, it kind of goes to a crescendo. It's an excellent word. Yeah, music term.
1: Yay! yay! Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I guess one I'm I often recommend to people because I just think like the story is so solid and the it introduces you to a lot of different ways that verse can work.
1: Yes, and I she really did that so effectively, and it really shows you the different freedoms of a verse novel because mm-hmm. she uses so many different kinds of verse as opposed to a traditional prose novel. Though don't get me wrong, I read like seventy of those a year too. So obviously <laughs> I like them. So but with verse novels, you know, I really like the fact that um, the poem can fit a mood and you can have yeah. this a uh, a chapter that's a poem that's two pages and then you can have one that's four pages and then and there's you a can few that are like chapters. just a few lines yes. and those are some
0: of my favorite in that yeah. book because it's just like I agree because a lot of those are really like not action that's happening in it again not a car chase book I mean, you know, like, there's not really, they're not really scenes with other characters of these sort of moments in her head. Yeah, it's a very introspective it's, book, I It would is, say, which
1: I like, because I'm like It's a, kind of a bit
0: of an angsty book, actually. Yeah,
1: which also I really like. <laughs>
0: um, also, Sarah Trege is from Buffalo, woo, which is where I'm from, so, <laughs> obviously. I, it seems like no one from Buffalo lives in Buffalo, though, because Sarah Trege lives in Idaho.
1: Yeah, Sarah Oakler did live in Buffalo for a while. Actually, I think she lived. In my neighborhood
0: for a while? Not <laughs> while I
1: lived there, but, like, just the area of town. I think she did live in that area for a while.
0: But so. she also no longer lives in Buffalo. Yeah, she lives in Colorado, <laughs> I believe.
1: Um,
0: another one that, Enyo is is Laura's favorite is Far From You. Yes. By Lisa Schroeder, yes. which is a beautiful book. Yes, I think so. And I, it seems like that also fits a lot of the things, if you're unfamiliar with verse novels, that would be a... Because it's a pretty serious book. Um, I agree.
1: And it deals with a lot of things that teenagers deal with.
0: Yeah, and it's got a lot and really of that... It
1: captures, like, those complicated feelings that you have and makes them okay. Because I feel like a lot of people try to make teenagers feel like what they're feeling is not okay.
0: Yeah, it's like, oh, you don't, looks, it's like, oh, it's like you don't, you don't, you know, when you're older, you'll just look back on that. Yeah, this and or it's you're just being it's a teenager,
1: dumb. you know. I feel like teenagers are very belittled for how they feel, and they shouldn't be, they can't help it. And it's just the way their lives are
0: experiencing
1: yeah. things for the first time, having all these changes go through them, and just everything's very intense. And I don't feel like they should be belittled for that. And I feel like Lisa Schroeder really respects her
0: audience. She is. She's very respectful of her audience. And with that one, Far From You isn't my favorite. Lisa Schroeder book is probably my second favorite because mm-hmm. my favorite is The Day Before. but Which I love um, also. I really and love. And I love The Day Before because the setting is so yeah, well done. It's so Oregon. It is. It's very, it very much reminded me of my my childhood. Um, but the Far From You, it deals with... Um, Basically a blended family, and yeah. there's a new, the main character is a teenager who now has a new baby sibling yeah. that's and the step-parent, and just all of that, com- yeah, that complexity yeah. of those, the way families change and friendships change. A lot of the, in some ways, the same themes as in Love and Leftovers, yes. but much more related to the family aspect, and...
1: And she really, I think, I feel like for a lot of the novel, um, for the first part of it, before the crazier stuff kind of happens to her, um, it's quite angsty, and she feels very stuck. Yeah. And I don't think she realizes that she's stuck, but, you know, there's a point in it where one of her friends kind of points it out to her, and it's kind of a source of conflict, because this girl is just like how am i supposed to get over the fact that my mother died how, yeah. you really like, how, how can, do how I can do you that? say this to me yeah. you know and it, it's really a story about how she's able to move through these like instead of
0: getting that instead of having to get over something to yeah. be able to move forward, which yes. is just two different things. And I think yeah, the I teenagers, totally they are often told that, like, they should just get, get over, over it. it. Yeah. And that's, like, really kind of a um, – frankly, it's, like, a really unreasonable expectation of anyone. Of it's anybody, just, like, adult, child, or teenager. But teenagers get told that a lot, like, oh, yes. just get over it. You're a teenager. It doesn't count. And I think this – that far from you does a really, um, really adeptly – sort of fleshes out the idea of, you know, not getting over something but making something new and moving forward. Yeah. Which is a theme And with that I still think being is able to respect
1: your past and things like that. Um, and she does it so beautifully, you know, I really yeah. feel the setting, especially in that really intense part. Yeah. I don't really don't want to reveal what You don't want to reveal the thing. And actually But there is this part where literally her life is in danger. And you feel it so much. Also, like, no oh car chase God. involved.
0: By the way, yeah, there is a climax in this. Yes, look, but not a car chase climax. No, it's nothing uh. like
1: that. <laughs> I, I don't know that I've ever seen a novel in verse with a car chase climax.
0: This is my new goal. Is to so, find oh a no, novel can, okay. Verse with so what we want to see from novel in verse so car chases. We can start this early. car <laughs> chases. But you know how awesome like if you were a verse novelist, how well you could like portray. Yeah. Yes, a car so chase. It would be awesome. That would be badass. Just like with
1: the, the color of the car and how it's moving. and.
0: Well, that actually kind of brings me to one. Have you read Audition by Stasi yes. waller There's like some moments quite with, a lot. Some, with the dance scenes in that particular book mm-hmm. that that the dance is really... I could almost feel like my hamstrings stretching yeah, when I read no, that book. Really you know I mean? that, that book, and I actually think that's a good first novel in verse as well because... It is, most novels in verse don't use traditional, um, because you are freer in that type of writing. You don't have to use the traditional punctuation and sentence mm-hmm. structures. And Audition, for the most part, uses much more, um, like the first the first line is usually capitalized. Yeah. There's, it's a little bit more friendly if you are um, a little off put by some of the unusual structures. physical structures yeah. of verse novels. But there are some moments in Audition, because it is about ballet. Um, that the dance is portrayed in the placement of the words mm-hmm. and this, the length of the sentences, and it's really, really cool. Yeah, how that, um, how she does that, and it's. Making me crazy, actually, because I really thought that novel was well done, and she's not coming out with another one. It's like the end of 2014. What? Isn't that brutal? Why that
1: book came out so long ago? It came long? out in, like, 2010, I think? Uh, maybe 2011? Well, we can't wait. It's I know. It's a really, really, and I'm
0: so, because I thought that was such a strong first novel. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it did not, I was shocked when I read it. Even if you're not
1: into ballet, that's definitely, it is something where you can relate to with this girl, this fish out of water from, like... From Jersey, right? Or yeah, she... I don't know if that's where she's at. No, from. No, that's she where the goes to Jersey is. for school, but she's kind of... She's like Tara in Dance Academy. She is a right? lot like she's Tara in Dance Academy.
0: Dance Academy fans should read Audition. Yes,
1: they should. <laughs> <laughs> they really should. It doesn't really have as many hot guys.
0: No. Well, I mean, no. But it's... Yeah, a lot of the things that she goes through at this school are very dance academy.
1: Yeah, where she's just kind of the fish out of water, where she's really talented in her small town, but then she actually goes to a place where everybody is as good as she is. And But I think people can relate to that even if they're not dancers. No, I
0: really do think it's a very relatable book, and I think there's um, there's a lot of those moments like... Where she's asking herself if she's on the right path.
1: hmm
0: You know, and that's a heavy thing for a kid that age to have yeah, to kind of decide. Yeah, especially because
1: it's so, dance is really intense, especially if your goal is to be a professional yeah. dancer. And I think it's something that people can relate to. Like, if you're a really talented musician and people, you can really get pushed in these directions from a young age and not really know if that's really what you want. It's just something that you've been doing. It's like, at. well, I'm good at it. And I so people, I, I get lots it. of attention and praise, which, you know, it's, it's nice sometimes when people are like, oh my God, you're so amazing at this thing. Um, and then you get older and you start to question whether or not it's really what you want to do, and it's almost like people telling you're, you're amazing, it's almost like a burden. It is, it is. And I
0: think the audition conveys that really well. Yeah, I do
1: too. And
0: the other, it, it, that book does so many things, like little things very kind of brilliantly, but... It's it's there's a lot of that those moments where it's like I'm doing what everyone wants me to do and it's not just what I always thought I wanted what I thought I wanted and there's a pretty dysfunctional relationship yes in this book yes there is and I I don't think that the synopsis of that book really conveys that because the synopsis of the book makes it sound like it's a romance. And it is, it feels at the beginning, because you very, it's a very close first person perspective, so at the beginning you're like, oh, this is, this really sort of heady romance, and then you're like, oh, no, this is a train wreck.
1: Yeah, but I don't think those train wrecks are unusual in life.
0: Oh, no. We have all had
1: a train wreck. (laughs) Right? Right? I'm not alone in my train wreck experience. I actually Honestly, really have come to say I've
0: been pretty fortunate in my life, but everyone else I know has had yeah. a train wreck of a relationship. I mean, I don't know that mine has,
1: been. but and I think that these kind of relationships are really common in these sort of situations that this yes. girl is in. Um. So,
0: but it's it's a really I think it's a very accessible novel in verse yeah. if you want to try out a novel in verse because if you if you kind of. Let go of the knowledge that it's a novel in verse, it's much more traditionally structured and it mm-hmm. um, definitely follows very much like the three act format. Like it's very almost like a regular novel, and it's one I think is a sneaky one you can give to people who I gave it to my cousin, <laughs> did not tell her it was a novel in verse, but she really likes ballet. Yeah, so and I mean, she liked it. Yeah, does she watch Dance Academy? No, I don't
1: oh. think so. She's going to need to work on that.
0: You know, kind of everyone needs to work on that because that show. I told you, right? Like, I like okay, it sort of seems like cheesy when you start watching it, and then you accidentally watch all the episodes in like two days. In two days, because you can't not.
1: It's, and then, like by the end of it, you're just like so. Gutted. Like, this
0: show is so naughty. It like started out all like this is cute, cheesy teen show, and then it like becomes all serious when Melina
1: Marchetta gets involved. I know in it's it. all her fault. I totally blame her. She for probably does. have upset I, I still. Am over this very upsetting thing that happened in season two, and I know it's all your fault, Molina Marchetta. I, I follow the <laughs>
0: Dance Academy Confessions Tumblr, which I highly recommend. I do too. And there's another one
1: that I follow too that has uh, gifs, and it's awesome.
0: There's like there are so many people like really upset about Dance Academy. So, yes. and like that,
1: half the things in on these Tumblrs revolve around this very upsetting thing
0: that happened. Yes.
1: Um. Yeah.
0: Very upsetting. So anyway, recommended for Dance Academy fans: audition. <laughs> yes, very highly recommended. <laughs> um, but really, I mean, if whatever you know, if there's something that you're interested in, assuming that you're not really wanting like a dystopian novel in verse, which is also on our, I would our love a dystopian list, novel in verse. Um, I think it would kick butt. <laughs> you know, I realized our list actually is pretty contemporary heavy, but I should have thought of a historical, because there's some really excellent historical novels. Well,
1: one of my favorites is uh, All the Broken Pieces. I would Mm -hmm. consider that historical. Yeah, because it
0: takes place in the 80s. Yeah, like the 70s, late 70s,
1: because the the main character is Amerasian. Uh, He's one of the Vietnam Amerasian babies, mm-hmm. and he gets adopted in America. Um, it doesn't say this explicitly in the novel, but basically it sounds like he was a baby taken out by Operation Baby Lift, which is mm-hmm. a U.S. government operation which airlifted a lot of orphans, mainly babies, out of Vietnam at the mm-hmm. end of the war. Uh, not just Amerasian ones, just... Babies in general uh, before the U.S. pulled out. Um, it's kind of was a controversial operation, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I think, think it was. A, a lot of
1: people consider it an attempt by the U.S. government to make themselves look good by saving all these babies when they were pulling out and still leaving all of these other people oh, those behind. People, yeah. and, and it was just a controversial war in general, so.
0: Yeah, just a little bit. Uh,
1: but this deals with the aftermath with this uh, boy who doesn't look like the rest of his family. Um, he's not sure if they really love him. He feels really guilty about something that happened when he is in Vietnam and really guilty about the fact that he has this comfortable life in America and he doesn't know what's happened to the rest of his family in Vietnam. And he probably never will. It would be really hard for him yeah, to get this information. Um, and but he's still like a normal kid. He loves baseball. He takes music lessons. He takes a lot of solace in his music and the fact that he really, though in some ways he feels like this normal American kid and then other ways he feels really isolated and unloved and he also has a lot of racism to deal with. Uh,
0: I think this book conveys that really well. I think it's interesting that there's so many novels and verse that involve baseball. I know that sounds really like a strange observation, but baseball has baseball very, is very poetic. It though. is very poetic, and baseball has I a special. I don't small. even like baseball. Eventually, we'll Sarah get it over. is working on this. Um, <laughs> what I need to do is need, we need to go to a baseball game, and then you will understand. I've tried. I, but you haven't gone to a baseball game with me. I guess, Ugh, Laura. Anyway. Um, but baseball has this really long legacy of poetry and of free, I mean, Casey at the Bat is, you know, a, you know, well-known, lengthy, um, it's a poem, but it's a, like sort of a, I know, I should know the terminology. Basically, it's a, it's in, it's, it's a l- almost like a short story in a poem. Oh, okay. And it's a very old poem, and there's a, num- and it's interesting that it has this legacy of baseball and poetry and there's a lot of novels and verse um especially sort of middle grade age related to baseball and i think that's really cool yeah i think I, that's really awesome i think that's a uh, um if you want to you know talk about you know sort of helping young people develop a love of reading like those books are really wonderful especially
1: because i think sports and reading are not two things that they're not traditionally go connected. together
0: which is unfortunate because it's not an either-or proposition. Yeah, but
1: and you know I love all these pictures of athletes that are coming out these days that am just reading in the locker room or on the plane or like some of them are just like look what I'm reading. like Nicholas Batum oh like he's as if always, I could not love him anymore. He's always tweeting. He's what tweeting what he's about reading. books all the time. He's like I'm hanging out with my cat reading and I'm just like, <laughs> I, like oh, I love you. I know. I always in a non- borderline stalker way. <laughs> But I think it's really awesome that a lot of these pictures of athletes are coming out as people who are interested in reading and making it an okay thing to like be into sports and into books because you can do both. Do you remember? (laughs)
0: Do you remember Grant Hill's Read to Achieve posters? I don't. So for those of you who don't know who Grant Hill is, he's um, a basketball player. He's forty now, which. Blows my mind. Yeah,
1: still playing.
0: He's pretty much played basketball like a huge chunk of my life. Yeah. And he graduated
1: um, from Duke university in 1993.
0: Yeah, and he's a very, very intelligent yeah. person. He's, he's really kind of, he was the face of basketball in yeah. the 90s for a while. Yeah,
1: and he had a really um, bad injury issue, and he still managed to kind of recover and still be a really important contributing yeah. member. And he's a things, very so.
0: important figure in basketball yes. in a lot of ways, but um, when in the 90s, he had, he had a very famous ad campaign that was Grant Hill Sprite. The Sprite campaign. Yeah, it was right. Grant Hill drink Sprite. But at the same time, so Grant Hill became very, very popular, because Sprite became very, very popular and all this stuff. Yeah. But there were all these posters in libraries that also featured Grant Hill, and it was Gr- Grant Hill Reads to Achieve. It mm-hmm. was all these posters of Grant Hill reading. Right. And it was like, and I remember those, so, because I, you know, I – graduated from high school in 1995, and I think it was his rookie season and the next season when he was um, on those posters and probably after that, but I remember that the library I went to had pictures of Grant these posters of Grant Hill reading, Mm -hmm. and I think that stuff is really important. Yeah, and
1: I know that Shane Battier, who also went to Duke, coincidentally. uh, It's a good school. (laughs) It is a really good school, but um, I know that he also does a lot of things where, uh, as far as... For education and for reading and things like that are a big part of his charitable mission. So,
0: basically, sports and reading are not as incongruous as people tend to assume, which I actually think are some pretty, honestly, I think it's a pretty crappy assumption (laughs) people make that athletes aren't intelligent because... That is completely not true. You actually have to have a pretty high level of intelligence to play sports at a high level. Yes. Um, And which actually brings me, good segue, one of my favorite novels in verse is actually a Pear... Um, which are Shakespeare Bats Clean Up and Shakespeare makes the playoffs I by Ron Corky. I yeah. love those books. And they're an interesting they're one of those they're YA books, but they um ooh, there's an ant crawling on my T for a second while we get rid
1: of the bug
0: here. Ah Okay, at least it wasn't a
1: spider, because then it would have been even worse. Um
0: so that was We're Being Attacked by Bugs. Um so these two books, they 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 actually I think fit an audience that doesn't get but often is overlooked because they it can sort of bridge whether it's YA or middle grade. I mean, they're definitely YA, but the main character is in the 8th grade. He's 14 in the first yeah. book. And um, he is... The thing that this character loves the most is... And it's, it's about a boy, too, which I think is... Which I love also. Um, yeah. Because and you need to get more boys to like books and yeah, make it be cool. It should you know? be cool. And so this character... He's um, on the baseball team, and he loves baseball. Loves it. And um, he has, he gets mono? Is that what Yes, he, is? he gets
1: mono. I'm not
0: sure how. I don't know that that was ever explained. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> mono. I got mono in eighth grade, too. It sucked. Like, I don't
1: think I've ever it had. went
0: around my school. Ugh. Like, it, it was like we were dropping, like, flies. Does it still have that kissing? Yeah. That's about? what they call it, is the kissing disease. But basically, like, you can get it, like, like bad hygiene. I mean, which fourteen year olds have yeah. bad hygiene. Yeah. I That's mean basically. it's just it's actually just really contagious. Yeah. And um anyways. So I know. <laughs> everything you ever want to know about mononucleosis. So this kid gets poor kid gets mono, can't play baseball. Actually I got mono, and couldn't play basketball. Um the second half of my eighth grade basketball season that must it really have been sucked. That. Yeah, it really sucked. Was that when your mom was the assistant coach? No, that was in like sixth grade. Oh, okay, fine. And um, that's a story for another day. <laughs> um. So anyway, he gets mono, and he had yeah, like when you get mono, the really fun thing you get to do is just sit oh, on yeah. your ass. Like that's what you get to do. Like it really sucks. It's terrible. I know. It's horrible. I I mean, it sounds
1: good like when you've been working a lot and you're just like, ooh, I have a disease or all I can do is sit on my butt. No, it's not fun where you don't have a choice in the matter. No, it's like you just
0: basically, (laughs) and it's the only way you can get better. Yeah. It really sucks. And so what he does, this boy does, is he takes a book about poetry from his dad's office and starts learning about different types of poems. And And I like that his dad really encourages this. Yes. And his dad really encourages this. Um, so it's really and it's also kind of funny because he steals the book of poems from his dad's office like he's stealing a Playboy. Like it's really a funny <laughs> thing. Like it's it's very and I I mean a lot of boys I think are kind of. Yeah, he doesn't want people reading, to know yeah, he doesn't know? want people to know that he has this book about poetry. So he starts trying to create these different poems. And there's even like poems about how hard this particular type of poem is to write. yeah, And, and it
1: kind of deals with all these different structures of poems. And yeah. like he's trying to write these poems in these different structures. And he's like, oh, my God, this is so <laughs> hard. Like, this is, so I <laughs> could,
0: he's like, I have to rhyme the, the sixth line with the first line. Yeah, it's a complicated are, poetic structure. really they hard. Really he's like, like, and I, I can't can repeat it. this word. And... There's some very, very complicated ones, and meanwhile, he's just itching to go play baseball again, and he goes to a poetry reading, mm-hmm. and meets a girl, and there's a lot of, you know, it's very sort of, lots of awkward being 14 kind of situations. Yeah. It's very awkward. So
1: charming about those yes. books, though. It's
0: charmingly awkward, and, um... You know, when he eventually gets to play baseball again, and they... But he's
1: still really into reading. Like, he'll be in the dugout. Really into read, reading. Or, like, he always has a little book
0: that he's writing in. And so what his teammates are calling him is Shakespeare. Yes. And so this is his, like, the first baseman, also nicknamed Shakespeare. It's very cute. He's a first baseman, right? I think he first base think so. Yeah. I don't quite remember. Seems like really an important detail it. to me and I should have remembered that, but I got those from the library. Yeah. But I'm books.
1: not really a baseball expert. I'm <laughs> not either. <laughs> you know a lot more than I do. That's <laughs> um, probably why you like it more. There's
0: a sequel that's called Shakespeare Makes the Playoffs. And it's really interesting because Shakespeare about cleanup was written as a standalone novel in verse. But so many people wrote to Ron Corky and asked him, like, I want to know what happens to Shakespeare. Like, they wanted to know, like. I didn't know that. Yeah. This is how it was I like it love won. that. People were like, I have to know These People what just happens. clamored. For yeah. Because they yeah. were, they, it won, the first book won quite a few awards and that sort of thing got some attention. And mm-hmm. so then. I can see why. It's great. It's a great book. And it's you know it's just charming and just so well done and so he wrote a sequel because there's a lot of unresolved family stuff and mm-hmm. you know and they want i think the people want to know if shakespeare got the girl you know like all that like mm-hmm. you know because he's sort of interested in two different girls and yeah you know there's just and so he wrote a sequel um, which is a bit longer because Shakespeare's bats Cleanup is pretty short. It's maybe a 100- hundred. Yeah, they're both
1: relatively short,
0: but yeah, Shakespeare's
1: Shakespeare bats clean up is, is like hundred and forty pages. or the something The cover like of that. that book is rocking. Both of them yes. have great covers. <laughs> if you really, care about that sort of thing, no, they have
0: really wonderful. And actually, the 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 book design, if you care about book design, is really stellar on both of those. Yeah, you know, from the typography to the way the poems are spaced, and there's not a line out of place because that's sometimes a problem with verse novels where they just have to break them strangely and yeah. nothing is out of place in that book. And so Shakespeare ma- makes the playoffs is a little bit more of a s- little more sophisticated. Um, I, I mean, it, it should be because,
1: because he's older he's and older. he starts
0: and dealing with these more complicated things in his life. And so. again, like the first one, it's, it, these are all supposed to be Shakespeare. I can't even remember his real name. And I can It's can't use his either. baseball nickname. Um, they're meant to be his poems, and so they are more sophisticated, and they deal with more sophisticated issues, because he's been writing, and there's these family things that, yeah. you know, um, because it's just him and his dad, and... Um, yeah, I think his mom has passed away before the first book. Yeah. And um, it's just a really, really, really wonderful set of books, and they go together so perfectly. I love the way they fit together. Yeah. But and I love the
1: fact that there's... Growth in the second one, but there's, I feel like you're still really happy with where he is at the yeah, end of the second one. Yeah, it's book.
0: really, there's just wonderful character development and the relationships grow and change. And I think it's definitely, especially, um, I'd, someone asked me what would be good, um, a good book to give to boys, sort of like it was like a 12 to 14 age range. That, and that was that, the that first sort of books I. Those books yeah. were the first ones that popped into my head because I think they they don't condescend in any way to the reader mm-hmm. but they're very accessible and they're smart and clever and they're funny just, they're funny. A lot of they are funny they're very witty and um but they're never like mean witty like some of the books that are supposedly supposed to be like boy friendly which i don't even know what that means um <sighs> it's just a,
1: that's a story for another podcast yeah that's <laughs> a story for
0: another podcast i think that might be on our list yeah. actually and um They just, I think, are, they're never mean. They're just, they're Mm -hmm. they're witty, and they're smart, and they're clever, and I love that there's the. I love that they make all of those things cool. They do. They make playing sports cool. They make writing cool. They make reading cool. They make all of these. They sort of make being engaged in, like, your life cool. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, they're, they're smart and witty, and just, I recommend them. When, when people have asked me that question specifically, like, what would you recommend for, like, a teen boy? That is, like, almost always the first book that pops into my head because I just think that they're – that audience will just get it. But I also think that girls would yeah. in no way be put off by these no. books because they're so smart and witty and relatable. Like, I found them very relatable, yeah. and I am, like, a grown-up adult person. So... <laughs> <laughs> I love how you manage to
1: put that into every podcast. I do. I put that like, and I. Remember,
0: I'm, it's the, this is my theory: if I keep saying it, it will be true.
1: Oh, that's what you're See? trying to do. Yes, oh. and other people will
0: believe that I'm a grown-up adult person, and it will. But why I, do you even want them to believe that? That's an existential question. <laughs>
1: Totally have like a new adult night the way I did last weekend, and you will feel old. I
0: I felt old when you were texting me about your new adult night. I was like, I would have had to go home. I couldn't have handled it once the person ripped but, their pants. I like could not
1: leave. The- Though they were so drunk, like I could not just be like, okay, well, have fun getting home. There's <laughs> no true. way I could have done that, which is also a sign that you know that, you're I know, being, that you I know that is a sign. You can't just like up and abandon your friends when they're super drunk, which is what you do Dude, when you're, when you're, you're early
0: like 20s. 22. So
1: you just be like, have fun sleeping on the couch. Yeah, like you're know? being an idiot. I don't want to hang Good out luck, with you. You know, yeah. and like you get to be my age, and you're like, oh, something bad could happen. I can't do that to you, which yeah. is what happened to me last weekend. Anyways, not related to novels <laughs> anymore. <movies. laughs>
0: <laughs> so um another one i really liked, and you you read it too is it was published in australia as cinnamon rain yeah. it's being it's coming out soon in the u.s um it's being put out by oh i'm gonna say the wrong publisher so i'm not gonna say i think <laughs> it's flux but i could be wrong i don't remember um as out of this place um but it's the same book by emma cameron That title makes a lot of sense. Out of this place? Yes. It's a really good title. I like Cinnamon Rain as a title, because I love that it makes it sort of, like, obscure and intriguing. But it makes sense when you read the book. It makes sense when you read the book. I mean, I'm still not sure I know what Cinnamon Rain is, but... I mean, I do. Yeah. But it's, like, a metaphorical thing. Yeah. Um, But it is, of all the things that they could have picked out of that book for a title, it is a little bit random. Um... But it's a really, really, really excellent book, and it's definitely one... It is technically a YA book, but it's one that you could give to an adult and they would never know they were reading right. a YA book. And I like those sneaky books where you can trick people into reading books for teens and they don't realize it. Yeah. I love that. That's one of my favorite. I, know. I do that it's to people so much all fun. the time. Yeah, like <laughs> and, and the nice thing is both the Australian version and the US version, the covers would in no way indicate that they're for teens either. There's no like No, the covers there's no like big head semi-kiss or anything. Both like of the that.
1: covers I actually like both of the covers I like a lot, both which is quite too. unusual.
0: I usually prefer the Australian version of yeah. the covers, because they do a really great job in Australia. But they're both excellent, and they both don't look, I mean, you could put them with any, on right. any shelf, and people would probably find it appealing. Yeah, um, and I
1: totally recommend that book for anybody who's ever felt stuck
0: <sighs> in yes. their life.
1: And I feel like everybody, at some point, has, must have felt that way.
0: Whether you feel, like, stuck in the place that you're living, or in, sort of, psychologically, yeah, or... or any sort of type of stuckedness is that yeah, a word? Because I, I really like it. I'm going to use it. I think I'll, I'm going to start using stuckedness, that word, too. guys. Yeah. That's a new word. Stuckedness. Okay. That's because that's a. It's like a condition.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, it's one of the other things. Oh, I really
1: Stuckitude like. is one that I use too.
0: Stuckitude. Ooh, that sounds actually painful. Yeah. Um, one of the things I like about that is it's told from three points of view, but it's done usually with alternating points of view. Books, it's like sort of chapter from one character, chapter from the other character, chapter it sort of rotates, and that's yeah. actually it's literally broken into three parts, and it's very much got that sort of three act structure. Yeah, um, but the
1: book moves forward with each point of view.
0: Yeah, it's, it progresses with so if, if one if one of the each and one of the characters' names is, is Bongo, um, which I love that Bongo. His name is Bongo. I <laughs> hope they didn't change that in the um, in the US okay, version. Didn't I didn't think about would. that until just Maybe now. Maybe they did. I There's a lot that. of Aussieisms in the that book though, so Yeah. Um anyway, they are um it the story progresses with these three young people and they're they've all left school early for various reasons. Yeah, and
1: they they've been friends for years
0: they have, they have different a long, challenging situations in their families. They have a long history together. Yeah. And um, it's really beautifully written. Like, the writing is just... I mean, the place that they... The beginning of the book takes place in this small town in Australia, and you can feel sort of almost like the oppressive stuckedness of this town, and that everyone in this town kind of feels stuck. Like, you have two choices. Either you're going to finish school and, like, leave and never come back, or you're going to just... Never, ever get out. Yeah, or you can stay and there and have
1: probably a job that...
0: Like, kind of a crappy job. Yeah, it's okay, but, you know, you know not
1: really what you dreamed of.
0: And sort of continue the patterns of Yeah, this and you go hang out with all the people you always hung out with your whole life. And that's the way. I mean, it's one or the other. There's not. Yeah,
1: and there are a lot of places that are like that in this country and in this world. I think there are many places that are like
0: that. Yes, so, and I mean, I grew up in a town like yeah. that. And, and I would
1: say that where I'm from is like that, too, even though technically it's a city, you know. It's, it's
0: kind of got that, um, I can make a lot of Friday Night Lights comparisons with that book. Yeah. Because that town sort of has that Dylan sort of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really, really well done novel and verse, and I, I feel like it's pretty sophisticated as well. Which I agree. Is to, I think um, in Australia, I mean that is a YA novel, but I think in Australia they tend to push the boundaries a bit more. Probably, frankly, because the market is so small, so they probably have to kind of have a lot of I don't know. I hate the term crossover. Yeah, but a lot of crossover appeal because they also tend to package their books in um, a way that is appealing. a way that will be appealing to multiple audiences. Yeah. And I think that book, Cinnamon Rain slash Out of This Place, has appeal to a lot of different types of readers. Yeah. And she does a lot of clever things with connecting, um, because the verses in that book are, it's definitely free verse for Mm -hmm. the most part, very loose, um, but she does a lot of tricky things with connecting. I'm pointing right now. um, (laughs) Connecting the, um, no, this will not be a video cast. um, Connecting the verses together. So it has a flow. It's one of those where you can just sort of it's not a short book, but you no, can because the way not. it flows, it's you can accidentally read it in one sitting. Yeah, it it's, reads really
1: quickly. Because
0: she's everything is just very fluid and connected and the scenes sort of flow one into the other, like Yeah.
1: And she does something that really makes you feel the characters and you makes you care about them deeply mm-hmm. and part of that is in how you can relate to them but you also really want to know what happens you want to know what happens you, and like what happens to I, all their relationships I'm with frankly, each other because you know, there are parts where she gets really she makes you really tense you're like no that wasn't supposed to happen like, oh no you're no. like no please find your way you know um, what I mean um, yeah
0: like uh, Casey her point of view yeah the girl because it's the, there's two boy points of view and there's a the girl her point of view kind of broke my heart a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was really, it was hard, and um, I actually really made a huge omission when I did my um, love triangles that don't suck post. Oh, I, no, you're I totally right. forgot about Cinnamon Ring slash Out of This Place because it is technically a love triangle. Yeah, it is. Um, but it's a very real feeling love triangle yeah and it's very complicated and it's very rooted in these this group's shared history this these two boys and this girl i mean they've sort of had just each other for Mm -hmm. so long and it all it makes sense why it's so complicated and sticky and um you know nothing is it's it's kind of messy
1: yeah but like how they move around each other
0: and kind of and why they need each, each, each other? They need each other for different you know. reasons, and the way they they kind of fracture and come back together, I think, is really beautifully
1: done. Really,
0: it is. It's a beautiful book, and it's one that I found very, just very moving. And I have not read a book quite like that, to be honest. And especially, uh, I mean, honestly, like especially in contemporary uh, especially or realistic with fiction. Why?
1: I think a lot of books they kind of cover it to a certain point. Like after it's like the end of high school and you're done or the end of the summer mm-hmm. and the book is done. But this book really
0: it crosses them over from,
1: you know, they're in high school, they're in this place with their families. And then they leave school and, and then they, early, they, they which move forward into their adulthood and it kind of keeps following that path yeah. so that you kind of know more about what happens to them after the high school thing. Which yeah. I think is quite unusual. It, I it there really are not very is. many books that and follow that. Transition, especially because they have a
0: non traditional path, yeah. And I think those folks are often ignored in fiction in general, not just YA, and right, um, which is something I've been meaning to write about, but I haven't done it yet. Sorry, It's, it's an interesting just she does so many things that I think are really unusual, and in a lot of ways, tells a story that's really necessary because it's often forgotten, and um. I just, I love that book. I should have brought it and, like, read part of it to everyone. <laughs> like, this book is so good. It's out soon. You should buy it. It's beautiful. Um, but it's just, yeah, and, I, you know, in a sense you can almost, I feel like that book does, even though the characters are relatively young, I feel like that book captures a lot of that new adult thing that we were talking yeah. about last time because they have left school early and they are on their own and they're having to figure out life and what they want out of yeah. out of their lives and
1: there's unexpected things that happen to them it happens to everybody you know and so much about new adulthood also i think is about this fear that you are going to fail as an adult yes and, this and is that something is something that they really deal with it really is well very profound
0: in, book. in yeah. that book Is this like absolute terror that they're going to have to go back home yeah you know beat up suitcases uh, you hands. are just going to
1: Fail in and some way that you are going to make this mistake that makes you and, fail and everyone for your is life. going to
0: turn around and say, "I told you, you I were told a failure. you, so. you could yeah. never want more." Yeah, and that's it's a very. I told you you would never be successful. You know, and I think that that's that the verse that the fact that that novel is in verse makes it a. It would have been a great story regardless, but I think mm-hmm. the fact that it's a first novel actually makes all of those situations. Be, like you feel I, them.
1: I think you feel it much more profoundly in this book because of the verse.
0: Yeah. Which is another reason why you should read it. Yeah. It's it's really... <laughs> and the other thing is, the other reason you should read it is because there's a cricket match in verse. And it's like, <laughs> this is crazy! I don't understand cricket at all! And it's... But it's so cool! That's
1: definitely a sport I've never understood.
0: I've been to a cricket match, and it, I will tell you, it makes no freaking sense. <sighs> It's like, why are they running back and forth? This looks crazy.
1: Okay, so more things for novels and verse, like sports things, like, oh, my God, an Aussie rules football novel Novel and verse. That would be
0: spectacular. Yes,
1: because that sport is crazy. Also, the outfits are hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, it's, like, so outlandish, and, like, how would a verse novel describe... Aussie what the Rose rest the does ball. when they score with the it's a fingers. double gun motion, we're both doing points, that right now. And they do like this, like spinning revolver thing with their hands. <laughs> they it's literally like, are it's like a spinning revolver, <laughs> but they keep it like so close to their body, like American football. I like, They that. have to raise their arms way up and like wave to indicate the score, and that's what they stand still. It's motionless and they do, like, except this for their fingers. spinning revolver motion. You know, it's so yeah. awesome. So, yeah, somebody. Aussie rules football novel in verse. verse. We would love to see you.
0: Yeah, and that would require actually understanding Aussie rules football. So, if which I do not an Australian person who would write that. So maybe Emma Cameron can do that next. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to find more Australian novels and verse after Cinnamon Rain, and it's really hard. There's the one uh, against the tide, mm-hmm. which I have not finished reading yet. But you and Mandy from Vegan Water. Yeah, woman, we did a really read along of it, and
1: I, I did really like it. I didn't even really realize until Mandy wrote her review that it was based on actual events that had happened. Um, and so it has really changed my outlook on that book, so I should probably reread it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you I did really to... enjoy the story in general. Um, and I think it deals with a lot of similar topics as cinnamon rain in some ways, um, but, and the ocean scenes are beautiful. Yeah. I I think it has to do with champion ocean swimmers in some ways, um, and just, you can just feel the salt and the waves and how they're having to swim against the, you know, all the waves, you know.
0: I've had it on my nightstand for months. I've had your copy on my nightstand for months and, (laughs) I just like I I have I started reading it and I was like, alright, I this book is kinda of melancholy and I'm not It in is the right, melancholy. I was not yeah. in the right frame of my mind to read a book like that and I then I didn't I I haven't returned to it. I feel it. like
1: Australian writers really excel at the melancholy. Yes, which
0: is strange since they have so much sunshine. Yes. I just gotta say that. But guys. I like
1: melancholy and angst, so you know, <laughs> for me I'm just like more please, I'm fine. You
0: know? <laughs> um the last one I wanted to make sure that I talked about, um, this one I lo- I love is another Lisa Schroeder book. Of course, anyway. sounds like it's the Lisa Schroeder fan club. We, we know, are a Lisa Schroeder fan we, club, yeah. Much. And um, it's it's the day before. We're gonna like freak her out. I know she's, Lisa's she's gonna like be never like never gonna
1: want to hang out with us Lisa, ever again. Lisa's probably
0: thinking like, oh, God, Sarah, Laura, oh, I know I made you cookies, Laura. Sarah, I know we've grown it up, both grew up in small towns in Oregon, yeah. but yeah, super creepy. <laughs> um, the Day Before, I love for a number of reasons, but for me, in terms of verse novels, what it really stands out to me, in a sense, is it's similar to to Cinnamon Rain Out of This Place, but I think even more so is that it really has a distinctive setting. Yes. And the story in The Day Before is really wonderful, um, but the setting just feels so alive, and that's actually one of the, I think, the, oftentimes the weaknesses of novels and verse is that setting is more of a, a bit of a nebulous thing yeah. because it's, they tend to be very much inside a character's head and it's more emotional. And The Day Before is all of those things. Yeah. But there's a, she creates, Lisa creates a setting that is so memorable on the Oregon Coast. Yeah. I mean, it feels like the setting
1: in this book is like a character. It, it
0: really does. And it begins with the character takes, it's one of my favorite things actually, she takes a limo to Newport, Oregon, mm-hmm. which cracks me. Up. I'm like, oh, my God, that's my new dream. <laughs> the, she takes a limo to Newport, and um, because there's this really intensely scary thing that's going to happen to her the next day. Yes,
1: and she meets this boy who also has this...
0: Thing that's going to happen to him. happen. And, um... Or they're very different things. They're very different thing. things. They're not the same thing. Not at all. And they, um... And they so they spend the day on the Oregon coast. And I guess because it's places that I spent so much time when I was that age, so it felt really real to me. But there's just little details about like there is a the clam, chowder. The clam chowder. That is like my favorite thing is this this poem about <laughs> clam chowder at this restaurant that I've been to. It's very famous. It's very famous clam chowder. And it's like but it just all goes to create this picture of this place that feels so alive. Yeah. And I can't think of a. And just traveling
1: through these places helps them process through what they yeah. Have to so deal it has with. Yeah, there's a
0: lot of setting um, exploration in that yeah. book that plays such a key role in the story, like from the sand and the seagrass mm-hmm. and the aquarium. I mean, they've seen with the aquarium. It just—I've been to that aquarium, and it has. I haven't. I've heard about it. It's worth. It. I like aquariums. I mean, they kind of freak me out. Um, well, I mean, it's—they do. Sea creatures are a little frightening. Yeah, okay. they are. No, they um, are. <laughs> I snorted in case you guys didn't hear that. So I just—I think of, of you know the mini verse novels I've read. I mean, that's probably my favorite, but it's the one that really setting distinguishes it. It, in such a wonderful way, and it's it's sort of like how Cinnamon Rain, you know, the character development and the story, the intertwining of those three characters, really stuck with me. It's The Day Before stuck with me because the yeah. setting plays such a key role. And I feel like and even if
1: you haven't been to the Oregon Coast, you'll feel you would, you would like you would feel it. Yeah, you know, there's a and certain quality that the Oregon Coast has. Yes, it's very that different than other. In this book,
0: it, yeah, and it, and that's why I love that one so much, is because it really. It's like, you can open it up, and it's... I stole my copy from Laura. <laughs> you didn't
1: really steal it. I kind of gave it to you, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so... it's, But you can just open it up and to any page, and you feel like you're being transported, and it's quite beautiful. Yeah. And it's it's really distinctive. So I wanted to make sure I talked about that one. Read that book if you haven't. It's the, it's one I recommend to people all the time as well. Yeah. And so, all right, finally, novels and verse tend to sort of sit in a couple of things. Like you've got a lot of historical ones, which we didn't touch on too much, but there's quite a few historical Yeah, novels, there's uh,
1: Crossing Stones. Three Rivers by Foss, Three
0: Rivers Island, which I haven't read, but I want to. Karma by mm-hmm. Kathy. Karma. Kathy Auslier, I think her name is. Aus, Aus, yeah. I, I think there's something along those lines. Um, Karma is a big book. That is why I have not read it yet. Yeah. Because I got it from the library, and I was like, oh, this is very large. Yeah. I might wait for the paperback. <laughs> and then I, yeah, I haven't gotten around to it. Um, and there's a lot of sort of, like, issue-heavy books, like we mentioned before, like the Ellen Hopkins, yeah. the or just the straight contemporary. And then there's the sort of straight contemporary realistic. Um, but there aren't, outside of those sort of three big areas, um, you know, there aren't a lot of really fabulous adult novels in verse. I found a list, and I'll make sure I link to it, um, that someone put together of adult novels in verse. And it's very small. Um, I was quite disappointed by Collateral, which I had high hopes for, which is by Ellen Hopkins. Right. I actually would recommend it to people who are interested in reading a novel in verse for adults because I think the writing is quite quite exemplary. It's, there's these very emotional moments and it's quite beautiful. I just more actually had a lot of issues with the characters and the plot and uh, sort of kind of an agenda in that book that I found a little off-putting. I found it quite upsetting and it probably the reason, there are a lot of reasons, but I'd read a number of books dealing with similar subject matter um, about, you know, return young people returning from the military and, um, I thought it was dealt with in a very unnuanced way um, that bothered me because I right. read some some other books, um, particularly something like Normal by Trish Dollar yay but. Trish, um, which did it. <laughs> no, I love that book. Which I know handled no, that she handled that really well.
1: So you Subtle
0: right. and complex, and um, there's no judgment in that story. And I felt like Collateral was very heavy in the judgment. And that really bothered me because I just tend to prefer books that let you decide how you feel about the story. And that Collateral had, it had a very distinct, like, this is how you are supposed to feel about this. Yeah. And that put me off. But it's a beautiful book. She has another novel in verse called Triangles, which is about adultery. And I just, that's a subject I choose to not read about. (laughs)
1: but
0: i have heard it's it's actually quite excellent and i would believe it because her writing is really spectacular
1: sarah and i are of the opinion that monogamy is not that hard it's really not (laughs) we had this
0: conversation recently it is not that hard like if you have a hard time we have yeah
1: with yes. Janina involved in that Yeah, thing? actually, Okay, I the lovely Janina Reeds, who is a Goodreads friend, uh, was visiting from Germany, and we had this conversation. I don't even know how we got onto the subject. I'm actually...
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how we got onto the subject, but it is... We discussed that it is yeah. just not that hard. So, adultery books are just not I'm just thing. like, okay, so you're just too lazy to, you know, not cheat? <laughs> <laughs> really? Anyway, um... You know, I mentioned Golden Gate by Vikram Seth, which is, and the, the characters, a lot of them are kind of like these sort of annoying yuppies. Um, but again, they are. Do people still use that term? Do people still say yuppie? Or is that like dating myself? because it's I a great think term. I still
1: do use it and it's really um appropriate for like the 90s. Yes, mentality.
0: they're like total In 90s urban
1: 90s mentality. Yuppie
0: is still a Yeah, great and term. it's like Bay Area of California. Like it's that is what this about these characters. Yeah. Beautiful book, but it's, you know, Yeah. again, it's a little it's very literary. Not that I have a problem with literary fiction. It's just it's, it feels like this is a literary book. Which is how
1: the autobiography of Red feels like that to me. And uh, Autobiography of of Red is also a very just unusual story. Uh, I feel like it's very heavy on the metaphor, which isn't bad, but I just really need to read everything very carefully. And then... Which sometimes I just don't want to do, sorry.
0: And you read
1: read Sharp Teeth, right? And
0: who's the author of that? I...
1: I don't know. Let me look it up. Anyway, (laughs) The Sharp Teeth is a paranormal. It has to do... It's an adult novel in verse that deals with werewolves, which is cool. Yeah, it sounded cool. Yeah, it is. It's a cool book. Uh, There were certain things that, you know, obviously that I didn't like about it, but I... You know, it's really cool that he's got like fights between werewolf packs going See, on, and, I would and there's think a really big conspiracy be... in this book, and
0: he, it's cool. Like, I think that that's. I haven't read it. And I need to, but I think that's. I think that verse would be well suited for something with like fighting and you know high levels yeah. of conflict. Toby Barlow is the author's name, and so. You know, but there's not. I mean, in terms of genre, novels and verse, whether yeah. for adults or oh for God, young people, You need an
1: urban fantasy novel in verse.
0: That like, would be can fantastic. You imagine, like a Jen
1: Bennett kind of story in, in verse. verse
0: would be badass. Yeah, or
1: like a uh, what is the name? We went to theater. Patricia Briggs. Yeah, Patricia Briggs, urban fantasy novel in verse. Yeah, dragons
0: would be cool. You don't even like dragons. I don't like dragons. dragons. I hate have dragons. have, like, this vendetta but against dragons. I do. I hate dragons. But <laughs> fire breathing in, in Verse yeah, would be really you know, awesome. Right. That would be really That's, cool. And I can't think of any other creatures that breathe fire. Maybe, Maybe demons. Do they breathe fire? I don't know. But a demon's novel in Verse would be cool, Actually, too. Actually, demons
1: would be really cool. So we would like to see more range in genres of novel in yeah, Verse. Yeah, because the only, general.
0: like, I mean, there's... There's some, a couple of Lisa's books have some sort of ghosty elements, but I would definitely call them contemporary. Yes, I would, too. Um, if, I mean, there's, maybe you could even almost classify that almost as, like, magical realism, because they're pretty much realistic novels. Yeah. Like, these tinges of, maybe there's something else, or maybe it's not, like, there's a lot of ambiguity around that. Um, yeah, because the cover. but there are, there's a cover of Far From You, would make Far From You look like an angel book, and it's not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, you know, the paperback cover. Yeah. With angel wings. I'm um,
1: much not. more in favor of the hardcover version of yeah. that book, which is why I own that version.
0: Um, Forget Me Not has kind of, I mean, it got marketed as, by Car- Carolee Dean, was marketed as a paranormal novel in verse, which I actually thought I was stretching it a little bit, to be honest. That's
1: definitely a paranormal novel. It's got a paranormal
0: it, but... element to it. Um, but really, it's about real issues yeah. and real experiences and, um, the... I mean, and this girl w- has this terrible situation. Yeah, one of the narrators women. is, you know, it's, it's sort of a bit of a, um, like, a. yeah, I can't, it's, you can't give it, it's hard to talk about that book without wrecking it. Yeah. Um, but it has a paranormal element, but I would not call it a paranormal novel in verse. Like, right. it was being no, I agree it's, with you. It's, yeah,
1: it's more of a contemporary, i It's, think, yeah, it's... And it, with a paranormal like, element.
0: Yeah. Kind of like Fracture. I would compare it to sort of to Fracture had a, um, by Megan Miranda, which is a obviously a traditional novel, but it was a contemporary story with a paranormal element. And you never know if the paranormal element is, like, quote-unquote real or if it's something that's imagined. Right. And that's the way Forget-Me-Not is as well. Yeah. She does some really cool stuff with not just... It's not just verse... But it's um, uh, actually like screenplay chunks. Yes. In that novel, which I thought was very cool. And I know that's been a very divisive. Like, some people loved it and some people hated it. And we're talking about the Carolee Dean book. Yes. Yeah, Forget okay. Me Not. Did I say the wrong book? Uh, we were talking about Megan Miranda for a second. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I just Sorry. To make sure that sorry. Everyone knew we I was were talking back about to Carolee Dean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Talking about Forget Me Not. Um, that's been very divisive. People are really it. I it. I loved it. I can see why it would be like, What? <laughs> like, why does this all of a sudden look totally different? But I thought it was a really interesting element yeah. that added so much to just the it was my favorite because I wasn't super hot on the actual story, but I loved the experiment. I really liked her of use of
1: experimentation mm-hmm. and I thought I agree with you, I thought that brought a really cool element to
0: the book. And I thought it really made sense for what was going yeah, on to this Yeah, it made complete sense, and it made complete sense that the scenes that were in that screenplay format were in screenplay format. Yeah. Like, it all, there was nothing that ever felt like, this is weird. It was just like, oh, wow, this adds a lot. Like, I get more about what's going on right now. Right. So, you know. But our holy grail of novel-inverse dreams would definitely be a dystopian yes. novel-inverse. Because, just imagine... That would be so kick ass. It would. I mean you could have fighting and more fighting. I feel yeah. like I'm obsessed with fighting.
1: Just all of these
0: the world elements
1: the, the world building or just like the these elements of like intense high feeling that you have with like Yeah.
0: Anything that like I think that verse because it is naturally very emotional. I think if you could have a, a, a situation in which the stakes were very high, mm-hmm. I think that would make a huge. I think that would be really something. You know, it would take something like like a dystopian novel in verse or an urban fantasy in verse would take someone really taking a big risk on a book. But man, it could the payoff could be pretty fabulous yeah. and exciting. So that's our that is our wish list for yes. novels in verse. Please, more adult novels in verse. that aren't Yes. Literary. <laughs> oh, I <still laughs> feel like I need to have a very Literary important story sounding voice.
1: Or issue. It's,
0: yeah. I mean, and and things that are just more fun and more action-y. That yeah, because I think that you could do really cool
1: things with verse and just the way it lays out on the page if you had an action thing.
0: Yeah, so. it could be yeah, people lobbing rocks at each other or a car chase.
1: Oh my god, a heist! A heist! No, because does
0: anybody know how Sarah feels about heist story capers? Capers and and heists—I love them—and I'm always disappointed by capers and heists in book format um, because I love capers and I love capers and heists in on like movies or TV. I'm obsessed, but I've read very few spectacular capers and heists type books, but I am obsessed.
1: With finding one, finding so one if one awesome. wrote like a verse one no. that would be
0: so amazing. I will read it. Yeah, I will so break. Will I. I will break my. I will even break my. Sorry, generally don't review self-published books and re- review your self-published paper <laughs> and heist novel in verse. Okay, so, so
1: if anybody If you're out there and yes, listening,
0: we get, will read it and review um, it. We will read it. So I'm just saying because that's how badly that's we how want badly to see I want that to happen.
1: This book. <laughs>
0: Alright, guys so we're hoping that you uh give novels and verse a try if you have not yet and because you
1: should you really
0: should and we're going to be um posting a ton of stuff all week about um just the awesomeness of novels and verse we have a couple of wonderful guest posts that are um happening as well and you can always also click on the verse week category on the blog if you want to like read everything we have ever posted about novels and verse because it is a lot i would sort of Flabbergasted well, actually, but <laughs> I did that recently because we write a lot about novels and verse, and yeah, I, because yeah. we are big
1: novels and verse enthusiasts. In, in case
0: this podcast didn't teach you that, already. in case you just thought we'd spent all this time talking about them because we just sort of had middling so, feelings, about uh, that.
1: we're reaching the hour and a half mark, yeah, so I so think
0: they get it now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if anyone is still listening, all right, guys, all right, uh, till next time, see ya. thanks for listening to the clear eyes full shelves podcast be sure to check out our book reviews recommendations opinion and all around nerdy badassery at clear or on twitter at full shelves and make sure to subscribe to the podcast on itunes until next time clear eyes full shelves can't lose